Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, August 25th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Agents of the Roundtable, Secret Education with Starshell Wallet. Let's take a listen. Welcome, everyone, to another Agents of the Roundtable uh, education session or community AMA, whatever you want to call them, uh, hosted every Thursday at 5 UTC. And this week uh, we have Starshell Wallet on. They just announced uh, their beta going live again, or at least another version, which you can download on Chrome, but also an airdrop, which is coming up uh, for some of their VIP NFTs to make sure you can fully uh, enjoy everything the wallet has to offer. So uh, let's introduce them first. Uh, welcome. And uh, maybe you can quickly introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I- I'm Subdoggy online. You'll see me, me as Subdoggy. My name is Blake. And uh, yeah, we started developing Starshell uh, back in November of 2021. We applied for a, a grant from the from Secret Labs, um, and uh, ever since then, we've been working to improve the user experience on the Secret Network. Uh, and since we started developing, we also decided that since we're putting all this work into, um, you know, building on a Cosmos SDK chain, that it just makes sense to also expand that scope to some of the sister chains on Cosmos and bring, you know, enhanced privacy and security to uh, some of the other chains as well, um, while also trying to, you know, bring some, some special IBC features to you know really synergize with the cosmos um and so we're really excited to you know like help bring in more value to the secret network by really improving the user experience for new users um to help support the road to mass adoption um as well as existing users on other cosmos chains who can you know, really start to recognize the value in wrapping their assets as uh, secret tokens and and having a very seamless process in um, w- with IBC in general. So, and it seems uh, seems that it is actually working. Uh, you you just just launched a beta. Can I? What is the the time frame which? Um, which passed so far like when did you get a grant when did developing start on this this whole journey basically sure uh yeah so we got the we we got the first like green light um in i think january or february when it was like finally like okay here's you know the money go ahead and start development and then 
we launched our MVP, which was basically a UI demo in, I think, like May. Um, and with that, you know, just getting started from scratch, it takes a lot of time and effort. Um, and, but the MVP was pretty successful. That was really just an evaluation of like, okay, does the, this whole design, you know, that we've made for UI, does it function the way that, you know, we would expect Are people happy with it? You know, is it intuitive enough? And we got really good feedback on MVP. So, and by the way, thank you to everyone who participated. We do still have the um, addresses of people who, you know, said, hey, I want to be recognized for being a tester of MVP. And uh, and we do plan on, you know, honoring that um, when the time comes. And then uh, since then, we've been working super hard to move into actual beta right and so mvp is uh just it's just like all you know fake data just all ui stuff getting from there to actual beta where things are functioning the way they should that you know data can be can be added uh transactions are actually being sent to the chain you have error handling a lot of stuff it's a ton of work so it's a big milestone for us today to be finally uh, pushing beta to these web stores and um, in fact yeah today in, in a couple minutes I'll be publishing the test flight app so everyone who's signed up for the iOS and iPhone form will be getting an invite soon today and in, in, within the next hour where they can download um, Starshell for iOS and test it out. And uh, and Android is coming soon. Uh, that one is still TPD, but, you know, working every day on uh, getting, going, going through the hoops to get things approved and listed on the various, you know, stores that distribute the app to those devices. So. And that's actually great news. Uh, hearing that we can soon use the mobile app. The, the wanted landscape is uh, suddenly changing um, very quickly. We've, of course, all been anticipating the release of Starshell and uh, some other wallets that are coming out uh, for a very, very, very long time because I think Secret is one of the only networks which doesn't have a, a functioning mobile wallet within the IBC. So uh, I'm uh, very keen to start start using that. So the mobile yeah. wallet experience, maybe to just quickly quickly go over that. How yeah, that, how different is that from the desktop version uh, that is available right now? And and how do you differ the development for for launching such an application? So yeah, really good question. I, I this is like the exact thing I wanted to talk about um, from our segueing off from the previous topic. So the wallet looks in functions the exact same no matter which platform you're on so if you're on desktop when you open the extension that ui is the same ui you interact with on your phone and uh this has a few advantages first of all for us it's it makes deployment much easier we don't have to develop different uis uh or you know 
of variants for the different platforms. Um, it also means we're designing to be very mobile friendly oriented. So like some of the decisions about where buttons are, are, are leaning, you know, a little more towards, okay, does this, is this really user-friendly on, uh, on a phone? Now for the mobile devices, something different about Starshell from any other wallet is that we actually deploy as a browser extension on mobile as well. Uh, this is very, uh, you know, this is something that as far as I'm aware has never been done before. So with all the other mobile wallets you have, uh, they install as a native app. And then they, when, when you want to like interact with dApps, if they even support it, uh, you, you know, it, it opens like an embedded web view within the app. And that works, but it sort of fragments user experience a little bit because now the user doesn't, you know, isn't able to bring in like all of the features of their, you know, browser profile, say. So maybe it doesn't connect with their password autofill um, or it doesn't, you know, allow them to have bookmarks or tabs. you know, it's it's kind of just like a very narrow view of like, okay, I have this one view where I can like navigate around my dApps or whatever. So with Starshell, we actually install as a browser extension, uh, and w- which means that the user can actually just use their, you know, the browser of their choice, at least on the Android. On iPhone, it's limited to Safari. That's just the best we can do. Um, use their browser to, you know, browse the web or to surf the web. And then, oh, they come across a dApp and they need to sign a transaction. Pop-up comes up, you know, with from wallet extension, prompting them to sign this transaction or approve the permissions request and then go right back to using dApp and browsing the web. So the wallet is is still there as just like a, you know, a, utility that is augmenting your browser experience which we see as like a really important step to right the focus should be on the dApps themselves which have designed these beautiful uis and are all about you know being being web dApps uh and then our wallet you know comes in at the right time to to augment that with the communication with the blockchain now the other aspect. So it, there are there is still a strong use case for. Well, I just want to open my wallet and I want to send tokens, or I want to see my history, or I want to share a QR code, or I want to scan a QR code, right? All that sort of thing. So the amazing thing about web these days is that these problems have really been work been working. Uh, have received a lot of attention over the last decade. So yes, it installs as a browser extension, but as you'll see with the mobile demos that are coming out very soon, it also has a home screen button. So so when you install it, it either if you're on Android, it'll install as a progressive web app, and on iPhone, it installs as a web extension. So or as an app extension. In both cases, it 
allow it, you basically get a shortcut on your home screen that opens a full screen UI of Starshell. So it, by all appearances, it looks like you're just opening a you know a full screen app, and and in reality, you, you basically are right. You're opening the full UI to the wallet where you can just focus on you know using the 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 wallet itself and then you can go and switch over to your browser and start using it and it's also there too so anyways this is yeah i don't want to like beat a dead horse but this is something that no other wallet as far as we're aware has done yet uh and we're really excited to be the you know the first ones to offer this user experience where we still have the look and feel of a native app but we also are being able to embed in the browser itself so that you know the, the user experience is really uh, contiguous yes it's really cool how how you thought about this entire process and how people want to use this application um, so it's, it's just great to hear that there's so much uh, thoughts being put into how this wallet should be used, where you want to use it, um, and, and how you can best do it on both devices. Like, I've been toying with the wallet a little bit uh, today with the, the beta coming up, of course, and there are already some things that I just uh, that feel really um, slick about it and are nice. Like, uh, I realized that there's like a QR scanner possible, I guess, to to do some form of wallet connect or to send to someone who also has a QR code live on, when you meet him in person. And you don't have to select any fees, like the the, the, the average fee is automatically selected. So I guess it would make it very easy for users to to always make sure the transaction goes through. And then maybe cool is like there's a history tab. Uh, so if anyone, if you didn't try out the wallet, please do. It's on a secret and uh, Cosmos Hub testnet at the moment. You can you can send some uh, secret to Subdoggy and uh, do all kinds yeah. of things. <laughs> the history is really cool. Uh, I really like that feature. Uh, yeah, and by the way, so the QR code stuff is uh, kind of a fun thing to talk about. So, you know, this it's not it's nothing new, right? Like a wallet where you can say, "Oh, I want to share my address," and you it opens up a QR code scanner, and then you scan it, but uh, with a lot of the, so, you know, this is all coming from just the extensive, like, research that I've done with all the other wallets, you know, that's like, that you have to do when you're making a wallet. But um, what a lot of the other wallets do is, like, when you scan the QR code, it's just, like, text. Like, it's just the um, the address. What we're doing is we're actually creating deep link. So when you scan the QR code, it opens a a link to a Starshell uh, dummy page, and the information in that, like the data in that QR code, doesn't even leave the device. So it gets embedded in the hash. For those who understand like some more technical stuff about how the web works, it gets uh, embedded in the hash fragment of the URL. So that information actually never leaves the device. Um, but what it does allow is for the JavaScript application that opens on that web page uh, to read that information and pass it to the web extension. 
So what basically what the, this means is that you, when you share that QR code, you someone can scan it who doesn't have the app installed and they can still get the the information from it. Like it'll open the UI. It'll be like, here's all the information in that QR code this person sent you, which can be anything. It can be an address. It can be, you know, a, an experimental chain. It can be a, a smart contract, uh, you know, suggestion or, or, or like anything that we want in the wallet, right? Um, and then for people who do have it installed, it will show them like, a, you know, a detailed view of like, this is what this QR code contains, you know, what action you want to take. Do you want to add this to your wallet? Yada, yada, yada. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's, that's just a fun thing. And it's a, it's, when I say it's a deep link, that means that you can scan it just from your, from any QR code scanner and it will, you know, connect you to the right place in the Starshell app or on the Starshell web UI. It won't just give you some random text, right. That you have to like copy and uh, figure out what to do with it. It will kind of, you know, it, provides all that context for you um yeah there's something else see that you said after qr code scanner that i also wanted to talk about yeah what it was now we're talking about the history um feature but oh, maybe before that yeah sure yeah, still, go ahead. We're, um discussing this uh the deep link and the way that the information flows through the user and and where it's located i was quickly interested into the in the private memo it's um it's a, a very nice feature, in my opinion. It uses a very similar uh, structure as what Secret Network actually uses, uh, um, as in one person. Everyone has a public key, but only uh, the public key and the private key of the two participants can actually reveal the information in the in the memo. So that's really cool. But I was just questioning, is this only possible if the other participant has a Starshell wallet? Like, how does that interact with, with other wallets or potential um block explorers and stuff like that yeah uh, another great question so um the private memos thing is really fun <laughs> uh and interesting just like from both the implementation side and from the use case side so what the, so just for for anyone out there who hasn't heard um we implemented this feature in beta that will also be in production, um, which allows you to encrypt a message when you are sending secret to another address. Um, and that message gets encrypted in the memo field of the actual transaction, which is, you know, sort of just like this really underutilized feature of a lot of blockchains where you can append some custom text to a transaction that it's saved with all of the data that gets stored on the blockchain and typically it's meant for you know to like supplement the context of your transaction some uh exchanges use it as a means to like route you know to an account or something but for peer-to-peers transactions it's sort of meant to be like hey this you know thanks for covering pizza right or like you know my rent payment right um but the problem obviously is like that's a public blockchain and a peer-to-peer transactions tend to be more personal so so we added just this feature that will um encrypt the message such that on the blockchain publicly it appears as just a bunch of scrambled text 
but to the sender and the recipient, they are the only ones who can decrypt that message and see its original contents. Uh, and now some people might be wondering, well, that's nothing new. You know, like there's a bunch of smart contracts that can do that. True. But this is a entirely layer one uh, solution. So there is there are no layer two things involved whatsoever in this um, private memos thing, right? The way it works is, it, the, the, well, first of all, before you can send uh, a private memo to recipient, they have to have signed a transaction, any transaction on chain previously. And the reason for that is because once they sign something, once, the, once they send a transaction, their public key gets published to the blockchain. And that public key is what the wallet uses to derive a shared secret with them. That's the key enabler so that you can be able to send an encrypted message to them uh, so that they can read it later. So that's the one prerequisite. The recipient has to have sent a transaction before. Um, And as far as compatibility with other wallets, we are going to open the specification for how that information is encrypted and it is intended to be open and reusable we we don't want to have a monopoly on this feature we really want if other you know if other wallets are interested in implementing it we really want this to be you know a cross wallet uh you know open protocol that anyone can implement and you know use so that you you know, you're not just limited to using Starshell for it. Um, so yeah, but we're it, it, yeah. If anyone else, if any other wallets decide to implement this feature, like that'll be really awesome. I think that's super cool. Um, and like I said, you know, the the use case is really about, in my mind, about replacing peer to peer, you know, micropayments, where it's like I just want right. It's like I don't want to use Venmo because it's so weird that I'm putting out there to my, the entire public sphere that like I went and got drinks with a friend, you know, at this location or whatever. Like I, I prefer that information is private. Like it's still very useful to be able to remember, Oh yeah. Like this, you know, 20 bucks or whatever was for this thing. Or I can go to the history and be like, see, I already paid you for that. But, um, but have it be private. It's super helpful. I mean, everyone here has uh, probably, uh, I guess in the US you have Fenmo or PayPal. In uh, Europe you have uh, just your regular bank account that does stuff like this. Uh, it's just nice. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very good feature. And it's just one of the many features which is included in the wallet, which just, uh, it interested me. It was just uh, cool. I was just checking it out. Like you can also do a pop-up and you, you get a full screen version of the wallet. I guess very similar to how that would look on mobile. Um, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receive also is the QR, of course. And and then lastly, the, the history. Maybe you quickly want to, to say something about that feature or something that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So with the history, uh, it doesn't... So, so there's a, like a history tab that shows you not only the every outgoing and incoming transaction, but also like every event that takes place so if you create a new account or you 
edit the name of the account or you change a profile picture or you add a new chain or really, you know, make any change in the wallet that gets a, an, an entry in your history tab. Um, and we'll show you, you know, like this is what the value used to be. This is what the, the new value is. Um, and the idea is that, you know, you basically have just a record of, of every change that was made. Um, and every like incident that happened in your wallet. I like to think of wallets as sort of like personal databases. So it's not just, you know, about like doing things. It's also like your, it, it, it also maintain, it should maintain a complete history of, you know, all your data, like all your stuff. Right. Um, it, and it's completely non-custodial, so all that information never leaves your device. It's full encrypted. Um, it is yours and and yours only. We're you know big advocates of privacy, security, and and user ownership of data. Uh, and in that similar vein to it being a personal database, the you know obviously when you go in and you start editing things, that that can tend to create a lot of entries in your history. Um, and so the other complementary feature to the history is search, which makes it so that every single item in your wallet, so all every entry in the history, the different chains, the different tokens, the different contracts, um, everything is accessible from just a few keystrokes. So the, the advanced search feature is really what makes the personal database like usable and accessible right um and the way that that search works is still under development but basically what we're envisioning for it is uh like a bunch of filters and shortcuts the same way that you would expect of with, with any like modern chat app like slack or discord um where you have you know some special symbols you can type in the search that that do something special like oh it creates a filter and i just want to search you know among like all my transactions or i just want to search among um like all the changes that i've made to my accounts or whatever um so you know this is what's known as like a power user friendly feature um and the 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 line to walk there is that were it should still be really easy to to access anything super quickly on mobile device so it's it's all about like okay we want to you know make sure that like power users can can enter text to uh to to augment their search but also have like a ui for all the filters where they can toggle on and off all the different things that you can can find in the wallet so uh so yeah so basically in, in short History tab shows you everything. Search lets you find it. Yeah, it's it's very nice that it's tailored towards people who really use these wallets a lot. Like it, it can quickly become overwhelming if you do a few transactions a day. It just gets buried even more. So if you have multiple wallets, uh, it, it can be uh, can be quite difficult. So anything that helps with with that regard is just uh, just nice. It's just uh, good to have. 
And then you you iterated on it a few times already that security and um, privacy is really core to the entire development team and to the, the ethos behind Starshell Wallet. So just wanted to quickly give you some time to to explain why you think the wallet being open source and uh, why it only storing why it only stores data on the user side and, and how these decisions impact not only the development but also the sustainability of a wallet because yeah, you basically have no revenue source if you don't have any data and and how you guys go about that. Sure. Um, yeah. This. So I. I I have a lot of experience with open source projects and a lot of the time I'm the only developer on those projects. They don't really like, they're just free and I'm doing it in, in my free time. And I've, I've never asked for donations or anything. So with this, it's, it's been more about like, okay, I, I still don't want to ask for donations. I prefer not to, um, because I b- firmly believe that, like, if someone's going to give money, they should get they should get something of value in return. Um, so in terms of like, how do we sustain this? Like, it this product very much has real expenses. We have um, so I don't. Personally, I haven't used a cent to pay myself uh, from the grants. It's all gone towards the people that I've hired to help build the product um, and the fixed costs for things like, you know, signing up for a developer account on, on Apple or um, we have a security audit coming up that we're trying to figure out how to pay for. And we also have all of the infrastructure that runs the web services, we like our nodes and stuff. Um, and, and not, by the way, not just like nodes for the chains, but also supplementary web services that do special stuff. And that's actually what the VIP uh, uh, status grants you is all the web service stuff, which we can also talk about later. Um, but basically, yeah, so like all these things, like to, to be able to sustain this project for the long term, it's good that it's open source because that encourages contributions from the community. But in order to really like keep it alive, like we have to have a revenue, some sort of revenue stream. So we set up a validator, um, but really that like the money, like the rewards we get from validation are mostly just going towards maintaining infrastructure costs. Um, so for like the, the other costs, like development of the wallet, continuing to maintain it, um, I think we'll find some really great ways to make like some valuable feature, like like things that we'll do, like maybe. I, I, well, I don't want to say too much yet, but we, we have some ideas for things that will provide value to the people who choose to support us in that way um, while really helping us like maintain a really high quality open source product. It, it basically what I'm saying, it's, it's really a hard thing to 
like design a revenue stream for an open source product that's completely free. Um, and I think we're, you know, it's going to be an exploratory process finding out what works. But I think going into it, like we're really confident with the business model that we have set up and time will tell sort of if it's working or not. But um, yeah, so that's just about like, okay, so how are we going to sustain this long term from a business perspective? Uh, the, the security aspect is also really important. So yeah, it's fully open source. Um, and that, like I mentioned before, we are uh, going to be undergoing a full security audit uh, from a highly reputable security auditing firm and currently in the works of uh, like ne negotiating what the scope of that audit is going to look like. And then once we get the initial, once we sign the contract and get the initial audit report, we'll be publishing all of that uh, on our, you know, online for, for everyone to see. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really important. Like an, an audit is not something that will, it's not enough to, to, to basically say, okay, this app is completely free of any risks, but it's such a big tool for developers to understand what kind of details might be missing somewhere in codes. Like I read a few audits of the, the Shea protocol um, team and also some audits of other products, and they really go into immense depth. Like people sometimes Absolutely. think, People sometimes think it's only about um, making sure there's no breaking box, but they also go into this nitty gritty details of how you path certain in, uh, path certain data when you send it and, and how you construct this all and where it's located and which uh, functions have which access and, and how they're organized. So it's really, really, really important that uh, that something is audited. So I'm very glad to hear that it's both open source and, and we'll be getting a security audit so that the entire community who will be using the wallet can get behind it and can understand what they are using. Uh, it's really important for anything in the, in the crypto scene. Yeah, the audits turn up very, t they tend to turn up very interesting results. Um, and one of the things that is important for this audit in particular, too, is to evaluate these novel privacy tools that we've engineered um, because they're so new and, and like untested, like they're completely original techniques that we're using. Um, to enhance user privacy it's really important that those are evaluated by like an independent professional uh company that is that understands all the implications and can basically come back and, and say like exactly how well and how accurately um those those tools and techniques are have been put into effect um, so yeah yeah really interesting really important like i agree that uh, it can turn up things that aren't just about finding bugs or vulnerabilities yeah when it's when it comes out please send it to me i'll be happy to read it and understand <laughs> <what. laughs> now and um it's clear that from what you mentioned as well the sustainability of the project is dependent on a lot of things and there was some confusion about um, 
the airdrop that you announced, I think this week, um, of course, a lot of us somewhat sometimes feel a bit entitled regarding tokens that are being released when an airdrop comes out or something like this, because we feel we've earned it as a community and we stake and etc. But Starship really is a, is a different case. I mean, it's a wallet. It's not a decentralized project. You, you cannot just release a token, keep 10% and, and hope that will sustain you for uh, a very long time in the future. So it seemed to me like there are some um, some features coming out, like if you stake enough to the validator, you get like access, or maybe you can pay a small amount or like a subscribe to, to certain things and get uh, extra features. So um, maybe you want to say a little bit about what's coming up. It's totally. not great, yeah. but... Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, the, the air, I, I don't even, yeah. Some, I mean, some people have said it's not really an airdrop. I, I don't know. I don't really want to argue with those people, but <laughs> like what we're doing is we're taking a snapshot of everyone who of every address that's delegated to our validator on September 22nd. And if the address has delegated at least a certain amount, it will be receiving uh something on chain so it will either be a special type of nft or a uh, token that's called dust du5t and the details on dust haven't been released yet um, because we 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 got to keep our secret sauce for now there's a lot of other competition um in the space and what are one of you know when I mentioned before like business models, that's that's ours. So all of our like special secret sauce stuff is not like like we're making all the wallet stuff open source, but all of our web services are not. So all so basically we're designing a whole suite of of like backend supplementary web services that provide some special like automated um, features to VIP members who have supported the project in some way um, that does things that, you know, basically that no other wallet does because it requires like dedicated cloud resources, like per individual user. Um, and the, the, the nice thing about this is like, it's, it's kind of synonymous with what you see a lot with like just cloud services in general, where they have, you know, a free to use like web app that does like all the things you want. But as soon as you want to like elevate and start, you know, like storing your data on their cloud or like being able to sync it across devices, then, you know, that's where like the premium feature set starts right um and it kind of makes sense because like cloud services cost money right like it costs money to like store your data on the cloud or whatever so it, it's synonymous a lot i think with that whole uh like cloud services uh like feature set it's all web services that, that are the, the premium features we provide um to, to vips and um there's something else I was going to say about that, but I think I lost my train of thought. 
It's okay. There is uh, there is so much to, to talk about. So I'll get consider <laughs> to think that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it's really not that weird to me to have a sort of uh, extra pay for option or a VIP option. Uh, all I can say is that um, you know uh, my inbox is open. A VIP option never hurts. So um, if you, if you have one spot left, uh, I'm happy to join. <laughs> I I remember what I was going to say so. You know, yeah, the, about people being mad about like the snapshot being more whale friendly uh, is that like it we need to keep these things valuable, and if we gave like a VIP pass, just handed it out like candy, then it would not be valuable. <laughs> So it, first of all, it, it needs to be like a somewhat exclusive thing um, in the first place. And, and we, we need it to be valuable so that the project will live and not die. Like the security audit itself is like currently going to bankrupt us. Um, so we're actually tr still trying to figure out ways how we're going to pay for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know if people realize, like, I, I'm not making any money off this, at least not yet, right? Like, hopefully someday I will. But, like, this is entire, like, this project is just entirely, like, draining me, like, time wise and, and financially. Like, I've, I've also invested my own personal money into it. Uh, so, like, we're not, this is not a cash grab by any means, right? Like, this is merely a way for us to get a high quality product out there that is going to, you know, weather the storm and be safe to use to handle people's money. <laughs> like that is not an easy, by no, you know, that is not an easy thing to, to do and it should be taken very seriously. So yeah, like all the funds that, that we're raising are, literally going towards making this product the best possible wallet that we that we can um and so i just hope that that's clear to you know to anyone who sees like the stuff we're doing with like the airdrops or the you know the whales stuff and and understands that like you know like what are um like uh mission statement is right yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's really different from launching a decentralized community to making, um, to enabling people to support open source development and and a wallet that can help a lot of people. So glad you're you're making these steps to to ensure the sustainability of the project. And um, I have one small question, maybe is that sure. do do you think that the infrastructure for the wallet itself, so like uh, nodes on every chain to be able to to query the history and, and to see what's happening, will it all be provided by the Starshell team or is there also buy-in from, from separate chains like uh, Secret Network or the Cosmos Hub even or, or other community pools to pay for some of these, uh, these expenses, these infrastructure expenses? Yeah, um, we're, we really hope so. So I've been in contact with a few other Cosmos chains who are interested, but naturally, like, they're not 
as consumed by the hype uh, for secret network as our community. So they, you know, they, what they see is kind of just a bunch, like they see a bunch of wallets popping up. Right. Um, so we're, we're still like in talks with some of them about getting some either a sponsorship or a development grant to help support like integration with their chain. And uh, what that what that's designed to do is to provide funds so that we can run our dedicated infrastructure stack on that chain specifically, right? So with with the Starshell wallet, you, you have full freedom to do whatever the the wallet is capable of. You can add, um, you know, chains. You can add arbitrary nodes right if if you want to use uh someone else's rpc endpoint you're free you totally welcome to do that you just enter its details and then you can switch the provider but what we want to do is you know provide like a default to all the chains that we support so if you want to switch over to osmosis hub you know ideally we'll we'll have a whole backend provider uh, just for Osmosis Hub, and you know we're we've put a lot of resources into developing that infrastructure. So we have like a full infrastructure as code um, uh, application that deploys scalable node services uh, for Cosmos chains. And it's designed to be generic so we can deploy on any one of those chains. Really, the only limiting factor is just like, okay, are we, does, is that chain supporting us so that we can run that infrastructure? Um, so, and the idea behind that, is behind putting so much focus onto the node infrastructure itself is because one of the things that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people here have experienced and are familiar with is just sort of the, like the history of network related uh, outages that have been seen in Kepler when either like the node that Kepler is using gets congested by a bunch, you know, by like an NFT mint or something, even though like there's other nodes in the network that are chugging along fine. So, you know, with what we're trying to do is like, but to the end user, it's like they don't, they just see like, you know, why Kepler not work? So, yeah, we're, we've put a lot of work into making sure that our default provider is like fully elastic, self healing, um, auto scalable uh, set of, of nodes that will be able to just spin up new instances when things are getting hairy and to be able to handle uh, dynamic loads. And not just on secret network, but on other chains as well. And there really are some some great node providers in our community. Uh, I see some of them here, so might as well be one of them. Uh, glad to hear you you got the infrastructure completely um, completely thought out at least. And um, I, I hope some other networks and also our own network can chip in when needed because. Uh, Infrastructures, uh, infrastructure load can be bearing, but in the end, for the complete network, it's uh, it's going to be 
a very 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 big plus if we have a, a nice mobile wallet and that's the wallet running which enables even more privacy features um, which just synergizes so well with uh, the network that we already have and now yeah. we talked about a lot of the, the the features that are coming up or what we are seeing in the beta right now and also how you guys think about open source security and all kinds of different things related to the wallet and, and the entire project but now it, i guess it's time to to look further ahead like the beta is out um everyone is, is starting to use it you you already mentioned that um, the mobile application is hopefully coming very close uh, after this uh, this small podcast um what is coming after that? Like the beta pro will probably give you certain feedback. Where can people give feedback? And what are you really looking for in this beta test to make sure that the project that's coming out after this on mainnet is completely the, the project you want to deliver? So with beta, we are basically trying to deliver the core feature set that we want to test for production. Um, I I should be transparent about the fact that we're currently under a lot of pressure to meet uh, a certain timeline with the the delivery of production. Um, And it's, it's very important. So what that means for version one is that there are going to be so many features that we have like partially implemented or fully spec'd out that just aren't going to be in version one uh, that are that are going to have to wait for version one point two or version two point um, and you know, I wish I could put everything in the initial release, but uh, yeah, we 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 need to get out a stable, like fully functional wallet first, and then all of the awesome features that I cannot wait to finish uh, before those can can be added to the wallet. So for beta, it's all about um, getting in those core features so that we have feature parity with Kepler um, and also like fully backwards compatible with the Kepler API um, and evaluating, you know, basically just that so that when production launches, like that's, it's like one-to-one like beta to, to production. And then beyond that, um, yeah, like I said, like just so many features, uh, ho- hopefully not too many, but, yeah, like so, some really awesome features uh, that will be introduced and released uh, at a pretty rapid pace following version one. Um, also, the other thing that, that really complicates this is the just security, security audit. So when we conduct the security audit, we basically have to do a code freeze and stop development. Um, and that's important because like we don't want to be like adding new bugs uh or or building on like flawed concepts uh only to find out that it has to be ripped out so once the security audit starts taking place that's going to put us on a code freeze for uh, you know 2 months about 
Uh, and during that time, we'll be focusing all of our energy on the web services that I mentioned before. So all the VIP web service stuff um, will be will be focused on that during the security audit. And then once once version one is released, uh, then we'll switch back to integrating those web services and and adding all the rich feature sets to version uh, to version one point two or whatever. And uh, so yeah, I mean, really excited for the future. You know, version one is really just the beginning for this wallet. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm some of the these these features are like so cool that we're keeping them under wraps because we don't want someone else to you know to implement it before we do. But um, but some of them we we have kind of shared a little bit more details about what what we have planned um, with with some people, and it's okay if that word gets out because I don't think anyone's going to beat us to to implement that just because it's it's like such a it's kind of like a hard thing to do right, and I think we're we're the only ones that can really do it. <laughs> so something just such a development lift that uh, even when you put it out, it can take others uh, months, if not years, to, it, to make the exactly, application. Exactly. I I used to work for an open source company as well. Oh, nice. And uh, at a certain point, um, they they had to. They basically had a, a specific algorithm, but it was completely open source, and uh -huh. uh, there was a patent for it, which was filed open. It was a paper about it. Everything was explained, but nobody really was able to um, really to keep up with the development because if you have a big enough team and mind share about a product which you already been developing for so long, totally. then this small leap you have in front of other people can be gigantic in the long run. So yeah. I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. And then, I guess you 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 explain everything. I mean, we we can all think about potential features that are coming up, and um, the meta is out. People can try it. Um, you said you you're trying to achieve feature parity with some of the other wallets. Uh, I know for sure that as soon as Starshell um, enables Ledger uh, for their wallet, which I think it does from from moment one, or at least that's what I expect. Yes. that everyone will shift over with the masses or at least i will so um i hope to see that happening and then we're just we'll be patiently waiting for more features so that's definitely not a problem i'm not going to to bugger you with the question of when mainnet because uh, i hear you stress to find out exactly when you can launch so every date is fine i just uh, looking forward to the 22nd of september it seems that not only shade airdrop is uh, is coming out then but there's also a snapshot for starshell and there are some other things happening very closely uh, in the network coming up so we're all very excited for that I quickly want to open up the floor. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand. Uh, I'll try to get you on so you can ask some questions to uh, Subduggy or Starshell or me. Uh, anything you really want. And maybe in meanwhile, when um, people are raising their hands, seeing if they can come on. A small question, if we have any feedback regarding the beta, where, where can we come? What can we do? Can we can we come into the Discord to to share the feedback? Oh, sorry. Or... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, right now it's uh, Discord. Yep. Discord is our is our social. That's where you can get in touch with us. 
Okay, cool. So everyone, if you try out the wallet and, and you find something interesting or you want to give them some small feedback or just say that it's super awesome, then you can go into Discord and do that. Uh, I'm sure they will like it. So again, if anyone wants to come on, please, please do so. Feel free to ask a question. I see Thor wants to come on, so uh, that's always great. Welcome, Thor. You should be able to, to speak if you want to. Hi, thanks. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, <laughs> Starshell's great. Uh, how do you guys think about, because I ask this on every space that I am on and host, like how are you going to get a million users for Starshell? What, what's your dream way to do it? Who do you have to work with to get it done? But like clearly, like you're competing with the likes of MetaMask. You're, you're not just competing with other yeah. IBC wallets. So exactly. what, what, what's the plan? Yeah. So we have had long talks about the simplicity of the UI and the road to like getting a million users, I think is making it so easy that your grandma can use it. And what that requires is basically frag, like having two versions of the UI because it's a, it's a feature packed power user wallet right like it will allow you to construct any type of transaction and have very fine grained controls over how that message is constructed now you can't really have those features and have a simple ui so what we're basically talking about is having like a i'm a first time user option when signing up that has a lot a bit more hand holding has a very simple reduced user interface with big buttons that makes it much more feel like a you know banking app designed for old people kind of thing um that is so easy and intuitive that that even someone who is new to crypto can understand and start using it right away. One of the challenges, I think, with just onboarding a new user in general is like the terminology, right? Like some people, right? Don't have never even heard like what a smart contract is, um, and so it, it's hard. I think like that's one of the things. It's like, how do you? just not let the terminology be uh, a roadblock for, for onboarding new users. So yeah. Okay. So, so first of all, all the UI being simple, the next thing is fiat onboarding. That's super important, right? Like how, if you're a new user, like how do you get money into the system? And yeah, that's, we've, we've met with a company that does that transact. And that is like our, you know, dream. To, to have a native widget integrated with the app where uh, we, we can have support for fiat onboarding. Outside of that, um, the some of the like, enha like enhanced features that we're expecting to introduce. Uh, so, okay, so beyond great user experience and ease of fiat onboarding, we're also trying to explore like some features that make it so that there's like actually stuff to do in the wallet, like, like, like social 
utility within the wallet. Um, that's, you know, some sort of like gamification of like interacting with the community to really encourage, uh, like a desire for engagement with the app where like you can like conduct activities or like go on, uh, missions, you know, within the wallet. Uh, and the idea there is to, like I said, like really uh encourage engagement from users but also to encourage like more like like bring like peers bringing on peers right like the network effect so i hope that answers your question tor um but if you have any <laughs> any advice i have i'm all ears and obviously to partnering with other major players on the networks is super important um like you know b- being ha- having like very seamless interaction and integration with um with a platform like stash is super important for us for example so so yeah great great question i appreciate the answer yeah i mean just only other thing i would suggest if you're looking for ideas right is Mm -hmm. take a really really uh data driven and uh intuitive approach to all the user journeys right and think about retention and pain points and everything else and just think about what's going to make Starshell stand out from day one within the cosmos i mean also you can always differentiate on responsiveness if you're in the discord and you've got people in the discord helping support users directly it's a huge thing for me my wallets of choice would be the ones that that are the most proactive in the channels that i trust obviously not the metamask bots that respond to all of my tweets but (laughs) You know, that that's a big deal for me when I kind of decide where I'm going is like, do I trust the wallet to have, be maintained by people who can be responsive uh, if, if there's ever any issues, especially if you've got a complex product roadmap and you're trying to add more functionality, the more complex the wallet gets, the more important that support is going to be. But I, I appreciate you being in the ecosystem, appreciate the work you've done to date, and I'm really looking forward to getting more hands on with what comes next. Awesome. Thanks, Tor. Yeah, and there's always uh, always people in our community who are willing to do some support work. So if you ever need uh, need people to help with that, then uh, feel free to tag the agents or ask even the support uh, committee if they have some hours left. Uh, we're we're happy to support Star Show. Nice. Again, I want to ask if, if anyone wants to ask a question, and feel free to come on now. Um, Otherwise, I'm quickly um, or slowly rounding off the, the the podcast or the episode, and um, want to thank everyone for being here. So I'll give it a, a thirty seconds. See if anyone comes on. Maybe for you, um, the last question I always ask when I end this is: um, We now got very familiar with what you're doing or what the project is doing, where we can check it out, and. And what we can use already and what features are coming up but the question remains is how we can we can we best support you so where can people go besides the discord to to help star show achieve its goal and, and what message do you want to to leave to the last uh, listeners here for sure i would say i mean i don't want to be too corny but if you follow us on twitter or retweet our tweets i think we super appreciate getting the opportunity to reach out to a broader audience. There's a lot of people in the extended Cosmoverse who are, I'm finding just appreciate the opportunity, you know, a, a new wallet coming onto the scene that 
cares about privacy. And um, so if you could help us spread the word to those people without being, you know, annoying or spammy, we would really appreciate it. I guess that's the task we can all complete. <laughs> I'll, and, I'll throw some delegations your way when I have a chance. And if someone else wants to, then um, feel free to do so. I'm sure it helps, even if it's a little. Yeah. And thank you so much for bringing me on today. It's, uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So thank you everyone for coming on. Um, this was the Agents of the Roundtable podcast. We we are here every Thursday at 5 UTC. But you can also, besides catching us live on the Twitter space, you can also find the recording on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Pocket Cast, basically anywhere you want to. <laughs> Most people listen in live, but uh, if you want to listen it back or, or have the recording, you can. So we're free to check us out there. And uh, thank you all for joining. And give Star Show a follow on, on Twitter. Maybe us if you want to as well. And then uh, I'll catch you the next time. See you, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Agents of the Round Table with a deep dive on Starshell Wallet, little secret education. Recorded on Thursday, August 25th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that shit back in the damn basket Like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes And take the rest and turn them into freebate Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes Impossible, defending the plausible from end to demonstrable. The mission isn't even worried about the clearance. Running interference till our enemies fear us. We're only one disappearance away from a bad day. Everybody trying to save face on the last day. Feeling fancy, about to pull out the masse. Drop the eight ball in passing, that's so passe. I'm getting nasty, you cannot put it past me. A mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting. Feeling like a masterpiece, looking like a tragedy. Trying to get through another day full of savagery. Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall all hands on deck waiting for our next haul i need the rest got big plans to eject so feed the grass and keep off the kleenex i am interested in magic because i am fascinated with psychology i love to learn about how people make inferences how they draw conclusions and find patterns and information and in particular i'm interested in all that can go wrong how an individual can be led astray from certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited. Channel spaces.